certainly about the, my standpoint to this presentation. As I introduced me, me I, I, I'm working as the vice president of Aalto University in charge of education, learning, libraries, and learning environments. And uh, in Finland, we do have a great uh, secondary uh, uh, and high school system, but perhaps universities ha hasn't worked so well, haven't worked so well. And we are now having once in a hundred years uh, university reform and Aalto University is a kind of spearhead of this reform. Uh, we were allowed to become foundation-based university. We still got main funding from state, but uh, we can collect money from, from companies and, and we succeed quite well with that. And also we have totally external board. Uh, so this is the merger and it gives us uh, much more possibilities to make reforms. It's, it's much more easier to rethink when you are merging uh, units together. The thing we have faced immediately is what is the future we want to build? And it's quite easy to discuss that how is Helsinki looking like after 100 years or New York or Austin. It's something which is not facing my reality. It's, it's nice to imagine, but, but actually not uh, in my personal experience. By the way, there are some images of these mentioned cities 100 years ago. So they were looking like that. Uh, uh, 2010, we started a discussion about campus. And, and we, we have now three campuses and we want to have one main campus and, and combine schools there. And it was interesting to see when we tried to discuss about future after 30 years, what people talked about. What is the distance to the new campus from my home? Which bus I should take? or what kind of room I will get. It was very difficult to live your present and, and try to imagine the future. It was same with uh, degree programs. What are the future scenarios behind the programs? No, we, we, we don't know about the future. It's, it's impossible to say. And, and then I started to make a personal study. I, I tried to think what is uh, personally important to me. I, I became grandfather last March and I was thinking uh, that my grandson Peter will be 18 2030. So 18 years forward. How is the world looking like? These are age pyramids in Finland. I was born 55. It's totally different compared to this 2030. And if we look at this uh, diagnosis or, or prognosis which could be possible and quite evident that uh, Finland is the first country where aging-based expenses increase fastest in European Union. We have more pensioners, children, unemployed people than working people. So it's huge challenge for the future. And for instance that now in social and healthcare area, we, we have about 50% of, of labor force. 2030, it should be 25. 
and it's very attractive area to work and very good salaries and so on. So it's quite a tricky question. Then globally, I was born, as, as I mentioned, 55, I was born 55. Then we, we were 2.7 billion people. And during my lifetime, it has nearly tripled. And I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so it's amazing. And, and there will be big challenges related to, to uh, safety food, climate, water, and so on. And 2030 will be, be about 80 billion. 2011, the increase was 78 million. The same number of people as in Germany. And within the next 10 years, we will have 600 more. It's the same number, more than now in European Union. So we are facing big challenges. So one, one slide more to see, make this change evident. What is the share of, of global middle class consumption? I'm not explaining this more. You can see it there, that it's dramatical change. So how we as universities will take part of this change? Are we really taking a chance to be involved and to have an effect what direction we will take? And I think this is the reason we should rethink education. Not that governments wants or, 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 or some other things. We should see the uh, future scenarios we want to follow, what kind of dreams we have about the future and work for that. And um, at Aalto, we have tried to keep it simple. Uh, of course, this is not something uh, creative that uh, focus on, on high-level research and artistic work, education, and international context, so that we are not working nationally but globally. But what we have done first is, is that we launched tenure track system. In practice, it means that within two years, we have one-third of our uh, academic staff are international. So we have to change the language of the university and it, was, it will increase totally uh, the multicultural uh, mixture of, of uh, the university. We also put a lot of effort of, uh, to professional leadership and prof professional services. For instance, we recruited all our service leaders from business side so that we wanted to have this dialogue between academians and, and uh, business people. And it's been very fruitful. First, I, I have been working at universities about 30 years, and first time I feel that there's fresh air. We are really asking questions. Why we are doing this? Do we need this form or committee for that and to, to do things? It's, it's, it's a, a new kind of approach. Uh, in education, as I mentioned, we, we tried to build, reform every degree program based on future scenarios. In practice, it means less programs, more integrations between programs, and also uh, some efforts to make this uh, integration happen. I will explain it later. We also focus on, on uh, 
excellence in teaching, arranging uh, teacher training programs for, for teachers. Actually, we have already 60 credits program. So if you want to con go forward on a track, you have to take pedagogical courses and, and courses to, to uh, for instance, use ICT in education. And, and these open courses and MOOCs, uh, MOOCs are, are a part of, of that process. And we put also a, a lot of effort on, on visionary educational leadership so that degree program leaders have a mandate and resources to develop programs. It's, they are not accidentally built. And also that students are members of the community. We can use a lot of them as a resource to make reforms happen. They are not our customers only. Of course, in, in some sense they are, but, but perhaps this image can explain it more that uh, the traditional way of, of thinking what is uh, quality of, of uh, teaching and education is that we have top-level guys uh, uh, having courses, uh, top professors, and they have understanding of um, uh, pedagogy and expertise behind that. But now we want to emphasize more university as a learning community. And it means that learning does not happen only within courses and projects. It's everything, everywhere at the university. All role models, all modes of actions are a part of this learning process. And it's the part of building students' professional identity. If we have departments where professors are fighting all the time and, and the climate is, is not uh, positive, it's it's always effect on, on students' attitude, how, how to go forward. And all, also this discussion about future scenarios and, and competencies needed, it's a part of, of this learning and part of, of, of building personal study parts at the university. So to make this cross-disciplinary collaboration happen, we have launched a couple of, of experiments one of the most important are factories. Factories are platforms where company people, community people, professors, professors and students can work together. They, factories do not have own uh, students or, or professors. It's, it's a platform and, and facilitation. And so far it's been so successful that we have one factory in Shanghai, Tonji, one uh, um, alta-based factory in, in Melbourne, and uh, now a couple, actually it was end of, of uh, November, one was launched in Santiago de Chile, and a couple of weeks ago we made an agreement with the research center CERN to make a factory there. And every year we have a call for all the mobility courses, so professors can get an extra resource to pilot a course where they work together. We have launched two master programs based on the same idea that uh, professors should work together from different areas, art, design, and, and business. And also, we have now building an integrated bachelor program integrating these areas. It's, it's, it's not blending everything, but having this team model. So there is a deep, deep expertise, but uh, also understanding of, of different areas. So uh, the thing we have put 
emphasis on is that students should be taken seriously. We should trust on students, give them freedom, perhaps some sh extra support, and through that uh, they, they can respond. These are images from uh, design factory spaces, and, and we are really trying to make the change of, of how learning happens. And here are some uh, philosophical principles of, of factories, and this demo or die uh, built on other, uh, others' ideas or communicate your ideas. These are the keys, key things uh, to, to promote the factory concept. Uh, coming back to students' role, uh, one of the interesting things what happened just in the beginning of Aalto, uh, students realized it more easily than professors that to uh, collaborate is the way to, to find new doors. And already 2010, uh, uh, spring 2010, they organized Alt on Tracks event. They rented a train, private train, and went through Russia to Shanghai. Uh, actually, they called to the head of Russian, uh, uh, Russian Railway and, and asked that, can we get a private train? Of course, they had network connections to do that, but they did it, and, and it didn't cost university only the salaries of those professors who were involved. Students collected all resources for that. And last uh, year, they organized Alton Waves. They took over 100 students and, and, and several professors from Finland and Brazil to, from Lisbon to Sao Paulo. And, and it was totally organized by students. And these examples are important signals that, okay, we can learn in different ways and, and organize courses also on ship, on train. And for instance, related to this train trip, uh, I was asked to organize an exam on train. And the first thing I heard from administration was, no way, this is not possible. But my, my question was that, okay, perhaps you say that, but say an answer to me how it's possible. And we did four exams on train. And one thing which has raised up from students' perspective is entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. They organized Alto Entrepreneur Society, now members about 4,000 uh, students, and they have a lot of startups, and they have got funding for these, and, and they have several events, and it's a spirit with, which is now spread around the university. Uh, it's, it's a kind of um, pop thing to be involved in this now. Before it was something very, very marginal. Uh, here are some learning spaces students have organized. And, and I think this kind of bottom-up uh, thing is, is important. It's very difficult to reform learning spaces if it's based on, on architect design and big projects behind. We should have both, that very simple things which can live one year, two years, three years, and then perhaps die, and then we can do other things. But 
this means that students become more respons responsible of, of, of spaces too. One thing at the end I, I want to pick up is, is that the role of teachers have to, have to be seen from different way. Uh, Jer Jeremy Myerson, the head of Royal College of Art Research Institute, have uh, uh, described the change in design in a way that 2050 design was mostly designed for people. Uh, uh, 1950, sorry, sorry. And to about 2000, it was more design with people. And now there are strong signals that there is a paradigmic change coming designed by people. And I think we are in the same situation in, in uh, uh, education that teachers are now more becoming as enablers and co-learners or co-creators. And I think the big key for that is that how we see this building professional identity through ICT tools. This is uh, how, how to combine informal learning with formal learning in a way that we see this identity building in different way. Thank you.